Hi, welcome back. This is episode 10 of the Scoliosis Experience Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed, also known as the Scoliotherapist. I can't believe we are at episode 10 already. Um, This feels like a big milestone for me, just the fact that I was able to start a podcast and I've kept it going. And it's been really fun to hear your feedback and get some really great questions from you about what you want to learn about. This week, we are going to be talking about um, if it is possible to reduce a scoliosis rib hump. As I was putting this together, I just realized the tremendous amount of information I wanted to um, include in this question and um, answering this question. So actually, this is going to be broken down into a two-part episode. So today, we will be covering the first part, and then next week, we'll be covering the second part because I don't want to overwhelm you with information, but I do want to answer this question as comprehensively as I can because I think it's important and um, it's really awesome um, when we get down to the answer. Just a little update before we jump into the topic of the week. Uh, we have You might have noticed on the website or um, in your newsletter that we have a new logo. Um, so when I first started this business, I called it Mindful Movement because my idea was to use Pilates to rehabilitate my patients. And while I'm still doing that, my direction and my focus has been narrowed tremendously to just focus on scoliosis. Uh, that's probably why you're listening to this because you are interested in learning about scoliosis. Um, So I have a new logo that helps to convey what my focus is, and I'm really happy with it. I think it is, um, it just really highlights what we are about, caring for your spine and um, learning as much as you can to empower yourself so that you can live your life well with scoliosis. Okay, so let's get down to the topic of the week, which is can a scoliosis rib hump be reduced? I received this question from an Instagram follower last week when I asked you what you would like to learn more about. And if you've been around for any period of time, y'all know my thoughts on the word hump when describing a part of our body that projects outward and backward. It kind of even pains me to say the word hump um, just because, you know, that's just not my preference. I don't really like saying that I have a hump on my body, but if you don't mind it, there's no worries to you at all. Um, But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to be calling it a prominence instead of a hump. Um, So in order to understand how we could possibly reduce a rib prominence, we have to look at how it got to be a prominence in the first place. 
It's easy when we're talking about scoliosis to focus on the frontal plane of motion. So that is the view that we get when we're looking at somebody from the front or looking at someone from the back. It's the sexy plane of motion that gets all the attention in scoliosis because it's really obvious and easy to see the shoulder translation, the rib translation, and the hip movement off to the sides. And it's just tends to be the focus for doctors, physical therapists, the whole um, 10 yards. However, as we know, scoliosis is a three-dimensional condition. So there's a front to back component, that's the sagittal plane, a side to side component, what we just talked about, the frontal plane. And then there is the rotation that happens in the transverse plane. So that's the plane of motion. If you are looking at someone from a bird's eye over top, that's where you can see the rotation that occurs in the scoliosis. So in through the trunk, the shoulders, the hips, there's rotation happening everywhere. And um, it's also what is apparent when we look at that Adams forward bend test. So if you are watching online, I am going to share that with you. So we're going to take a peek at that. Oh. Here we go. So as you can see, you can see the protrusion that occurs in the thoracic spine and then the lumbar spine, lumbar spine going pretty fast. <laughs> so that is the plane of motion that we're talking about there. It shows the rotation. So that is known as the, um, so, so that's where we look at the angular trunk rotation that occurs. That's what we measure when we do screens and we use the scoliometer. And um, that can increase or decrease day to day. So that's a little hint about whether or not we can reduce the rib hump. It varies day to day. All right. So rotation is the culprit that causes the rib prominence to form. This happens in the transverse plane. So, um, like we just talked about, um, we can see the rotation that's happening in through the rib cage really obviously when we do that forward bend test. We have our vertebrae that are the um, anatomical part of the body that begins the rotation. And then you have the ribs that attach to the side of the vertebrae. And then you have the ribs that also circle around and then they attach to the sternum in the front. So we have a closed chain here where the ribs are connected in the back to the vertebrae and they're connected in the front to the sternum. So as the vertebrae begins to rotate, so do the ribs and so does the sternum. So instead of the sternum 
and the vertebrae being parallel to each other, they're now at an angle from each other. I'm going to share another video. So this might be one that you want to, an episode that you want to watch on YouTube just to get these videos. So give me one moment. Okay, so here we have the vertebrae here in the back and then the sternum in the front. And then as you can see, as the vertebrae begins to rotate, it rotates towards the concavity. You can see that the ribs are flattening in the back on the side that it's rotating towards. And then they are protruding out to the back on the side that it's rotating away from. And then as a result, we're also in the front getting a protrusion on the front side, on the one side. And then we're getting a hollow or a flattened portion opposite the prominence in the back. So you can see that it's a closed chain that causes this change of the rib shape to occur. So because it, the vertebrae are able to rotate um, and cause this to happen, they are also able to derotate to counter this rotation that occurs. Another hint. Okay. So now that we've talked about why or how this forms, um, we are going to talk about how we can reduce the prominence. So we're going to talk about some lifestyle factors today that can help to reduce the rib prominence. And then next week, we are going to talk more specifically about exercise and some underlying reasons why um, it is possible to change and reduce the rib prominence. So here are some lifestyle factors that influence rib rotation or can cause that rib rotation to increase. Lifestyle habit one is repeated forward bending of the spine. So this happens when we're bending over to pick up something from the floor, like socks or your children's toys. This also happens when you're leaning over the counter to wash your face or to put on makeup. And um, it also happens when you're folding laundry on a lower surface. So all those things are things that we do every single day that we can make adjustments to to reduce the noticeability of that prominence. So um, a couple of ways to make adjustments is um, instead of bending at your back to pick up laundry from the floor, use your ankles, use your knees, use your hips, do a squat as low as you can to be picking things up from the floor and keep your spine in a neutral position. When you're washing your face, Make sure that you're hinging at your hips and not bending at your back to reduce the tension over your prominence. When you're applying makeup, 
instead of leaning forward, way forward over your counter to apply your mascara, all your other makeup, um, bring your mirror closer to you and have a seat so that you're not having to strain to see. Also, when you're folding laundry, bring the surface that you're folding on up higher so that you don't have to bend over so far. And um, it really adds up to make a big difference in the rotation that you're feeling in your spine throughout the day. Lifestyle tip two to help reduce that rib prominence. Make sure that when you're sitting, you are not resting on your prominence. When you're sitting in a hard back chair, I know it is the pits. It is so uncomfortable. Um, a lot of times when we're sitting at a restaurant or even at our house in our dining room chairs, we sit off of our sitting bones back onto our uh, tailbone. It's called sacral sitting. Um, and then we are resting on our prominence. So the prominence is just resting against the back of the chair or whatever surface you're sitting on. This also happens when you're traveling uh, on an airplane, in the car, or even when you're just resting and watching Netflix on your sofa. So a couple of tips to help improve this. If you're out in public, try and sit towards the front edge of your chair so that you are sitting unsupported and right on top of your sitting bones so that you're not rounding and resting back on your prominence. You are using the support and the strength of your muscles to help keep you upright. I know it's really fatiguing to stay in that position for a long period of time. So obviously you can take breaks and every once in a while sit back and then come back to that position. Um, but it's just more about trying to assume a better position that is less asymmetrical and it helps to reduce um, that asymmetrical loading on your vertebrae and on that prominence. If you're relaxing at home, um, try and put a pillow behind the side of your main prominence. So that might be in your thoracic spine at your rib cage, that might be in your lumbar spine, lower down below your bra line. You only want to put that pillow on the one side. You don't want it covering both sides because it is helping to derotate that prominence. So if you put it across both sides, it's not really doing anything. It's pretty much like, um, you know, just kind of remaining status quo. But if you put it off to the side where that prominence is, it helps to derotate that whole structure. So it helps your hollow to come closer towards the chair and it helps the prominence to go closer towards the front. Okay. Um, so those are my recommendations. Also, if you're traveling, if you have your scolio wedges, they come in handy to do that work for you. So put one um, at your main prominence, one at your counter prominence. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'm going to link a video 
in the show notes about how to wedge yourself or how to use the scolio wedges. Um, it comes in handy and it's a lifesaver, spine saver when you are traveling to make it more comfortable. Okay, and next, so there are going to be four total lifestyle tips that I'm talking about today. Number three, traditional yoga and Pilates exercises. Okay, so a lot of these exercises include repetitive end range rotation, flexion, extension, and side bend. So I'm going to show you, give you a little demonstration here with my towel. Okay, again, if you're not watching, I recommend turning on YouTube and taking a peek at this. But as we have that torsion and that rotation that occurs through the spine, this is your scoliospine baseline. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> so you have, you can tell that you have several curves here that occur with that rotation and with that spiral, okay? So you have a main curve up here at the top and then another counter one at the bottom. Sometimes you have an additional two curves here um, to equal four curves. So just use your imagination here, but see what happens when I side bend to one side. It might help the curve above, but what does it do to the curve below? and then the opposite when I go the other way. So while it might seem beneficial to go in these end range directions, um, each plane of motion, it is causing some additional compression and torsion to happen in your compensatory curves. So instead of doing the full expression of these movements, learn modifications that you can do when you are taking these classes. So for instance, instead of doing a full forward fold in yoga, go halfway down and do a hip hinge like so. So oh, let me move that out of the way. So when you this up so you can see a little better. Instead of bending the whole way over, see how you can see the additional rotation and torsion that is happening in through the spine. Instead of flexing the whole way forward, come halfway down and just do a hip hinge, okay? And then also, um, for instance, when you are doing a side angle pose, forgive me for not using the correct terminology if I'm saying this wrong, but instead of dropping the whole way down onto your elbow and see how I'm very compressed, the bottom side of my waist is a lot more narrow. Top side of the waist is a lot more expanded. Come up onto your hand and try and keep both sides of the waist nice and long and equal as you're in that pose. Try and keep those principles in mind as you're doing that form of exercise. The same thing goes for Pilates, and I'm happy to give you additional tips if you have questions about specific exercises. And now the fourth and final way to adjust lifestyle in order to help decrease the rotation 
which causes the rib prominence to be more prominent. We um, want to address the stress in your life. So scolios commonly have a higher respiratory rate, which puts the nervous system in a state of fight or flight. This can unconsciously increase our stress and our anxiety levels and trigger additional tension in your body's tissues, which winds that rotation up even further. So, excuse me, when you have more rotation, it's also likely that you're going to be having more pain. So the more stress we have, the more tension we have in the body, the more rotation that we have in through the vertebrae, the more pain that we have as a result of that. So that cycle continues and continues until we break that vicious little loop. My suggestion to you is to practice some breath work to calm your nervous system down. We've talked about breath work in the past. We've talked about breathing in the past as it relates to scoliosis. But a technique I recommend doing is assuming a comfortable position, laying on your back or sitting, and try to reduce the amount of breaths you are taking per minute. On average, people that have scoliosis, they breathe 16 to 20 breaths per minute. So we're living in a state of hyperventilation that puts us into a fight or flight response like I was talking about earlier. We want to calm our nervous system down so that we are in a parasympathetic state instead of a sympathetic state um, to relax the body. So try and reduce the amount of breaths you are taking per minute down to six or eight breaths per minute. You want to inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of six. Repeat this for about five minutes, and that should also help to reduce the amount of rotation that you have in through the spine. So as you heard today, it is possible to have an effect on that rib protrusion, rib prominence, and um, it can be reduced. Next week, I'm going to be talking about um, forms of exercise, kind of principles of scoliopilates and the Schroth method that really um, vividly show a reduction in the rib prominence. It's really, I keep saying really, but it's an awesome um, visual to be able to see how these movements, how these principles affect um, rib rotation. I hope that you found this helpful today. If you want, um, if you know somebody that would benefit from hearing this podcast, please like it and share it with someone. Also write a review for me if you can over on Apple Podcasts. I'm also on Spotify. Have a great rest of your day and I will catch you next week for version two, episode two, part two. <laughs> part two of today's topic.